Well, folks, uh, it's great to be with you again. Uh, Alan and Mary, we're back with you on our third episode. Yes. And uh, we've enjoyed, uh, again, bringing you some thoughts about the foundations of having a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship uh, in union with each other and with Jesus Christ. Yep. And so uh, the first two episodes, we dealt with foundations. We told you our story. The last episode, we... Uh, we talked about divine purpose. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, we're going to be dealing with this idea of our roles. Mm -hmm. What are our roles? We're going to get into some practical stuff. How do we do this? How do we live this out? Yeah. Right, Mary? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so, uh, first of all, uh, the roles that we have are really, really important to understand. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's like when you think of a machine and it has gears and those gears are different sizes, right? And they have notches in those gears, and each of those gears has a specific function, right? That's right. Here you go, talking like a mechanical engineer. <laughs> so you, you go. And they're supposed to interlock, and there's a certain way they interlock. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the right gear interlocking with the right wheel or the right mechanism, that machine is not going to function. It's not going to work. Right. Yeah. And so there's a design to how this is supposed to work. But first of all, there's certain things that are foundational that we have to be committed to before we get going on this, mm -hmm. right? Right. Uh, one is that we have to be fully committed to the truth of God's authorship and design for our marriage. Right. We have to be committed to the truth of God's authorship and design for our marriage. The second thing is that we need to be fully committed to the terms God has set for our marriage in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is foundational. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always think, you know, who made up marriage? Yeah. Whose idea was it? <laughs> it, <laughs> exactly. it wasn't the United States of America. <laughs> yes, it wasn't some state. Right? No, no. Uh, it's no, no political government... Uh, came up with this plan. Yes. No. Yes, it yes. was God's plan, and so he must have some thoughts on how it should work. Yeah, and there's this notion that goes around that marriage is a social construct, right? Mm -hmm. This is the right. common thinking of, of today. It's a social construct. You go to different cultures, they have different ideas about marriage. But we want to make it very clear we're talking about Christian marriage. Amen. Yes, That's Christian right. marriage. Christian marriage. Mm -hmm. Great, great. So... We're looking into the roles, and when we look at these roles, we, we kind of look at them like a play, mm -hmm. like yeah. a script. Yeah. And, you know, the wife has certain lines, and the husband has certain lines that they're supposed to follow. Right. Right? And uh, in the Bible, the biblical role of a husband is clarified by the picture of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ's relationship to his church, the bride. Mm -hmm. And basically, a husband is to lead and to love. Yes. To lead and to love. My role is to lead and to love. Mm -hmm. Simply put, for the husband, it's all about the love. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that song? Yeah. Where is the love? <laughs> Donny Hathaway, yeah. 1972, right? Ephesians 5, 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Ephesians 5, 28 says, In in this same way, husbands ought, ought to ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife 
loves himself. This is, it's kind of like the agape, unconditional love, the kind that Christ gave us. Mm -hmm. It's a love that has no preconditions. Far too often in the real world, our practice for this is a far cry from what we've been called to be. For instance, a husband will act out or say, I'm not going to love you until I get some respect. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, no, you're not going to love you. you need to respect me first. And a lot of times it won't be verbal. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> won't say it so plainly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's communicated. Yeah. But, you know, by doing that, by putting something ahead of him loving his wife, that's in violation of the command in right. Ephesians 5, right? It's an imperative. We're commanded to love our wives regardless of how we ourselves are being treated. Mm. That's very important. Some husbands will hold back affection from their wives deliberately. Some, some husbands will treat their wives harshly as if she was the guy next door. Mm -hmm. you, know? <laughs> you know, she's not your sister. She's not, you know. Your buddy. She, your she's not your buddy. Your football you know? buddy, yeah. Uh, this love is not some Hollywood romanticism, right? This love has a heavenly purpose. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, Mary, what about the wise role? You want to give us a picture of that? Yeah. So, ladies, what about our role? Uh, has how has God defined our role in as as wives? Are we ready? Mm -hmm. Are we ready to hear our lines? Well, there are two main things that Scripture tells us to define our role as wife. Number one is also from Ephesians 5, and it's verse 22, where it tells us wives to submit, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And Ephesians 5.33, the wife must respect her husband. Now, these two things are really... Uh, Co are intertwined. Mm -hmm. They're really not mutually exclusive, mm -hmm. because think about it: if you if submission without respect is really not submission at all. Mm -hmm. It's uh, as an example, you know, if you if you were to say, "Fine, mm -hmm. we'll do it your way," but I know you're wrong, and you just wait. You'll see that I'm right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really not the way that submission is supposed to be uh, exemplified. Um, it has to be done in such a way as to show respect yes. to the husband. Um, a wife must respect her husband by submitting to his leadership. They do go together. So, But I do want to say, when I became a Christian, um, I was very offended by this. I just have to be honest. <laughs> um, I, uh, th this was absolutely the first thing that the Lord went to work on in me. For some people it's other things, you know, um, other areas of their lives that God goes to work on first. Well, this one was mine. That plus uh, the role and the uh, basically Christian womanhood was, um, was a, a, a big issue for me. And a lot of this comes from my upbringing. I grew up in the 60s and the 70s and that was when feminism was really coming to, um, to the forefront. Uh, even though my parents had a healthy relationship, a healthy marriage, and I think they played out these roles pretty well, um, I uh, really was gravitating toward the worldly things. 
the worldly views where uh, women were saying, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> you're not the boss of me. <laughs> it's like a child, right? You hear the children say that. But uh, I, I was very intent mm-hmm. also on infiltrating the world of uh, men uh, in careers and career work, which is probably at least partly why I went into mechanical engineering. I, I, want, I, I, could ha- I figured I could handle the, the work um, f- from uh, a standpoint of books and college and grades and all that, because math was a strong thing for me and science. But I also uh, wanted to kind of prove that I could do it. And uh, that was where I was coming from. Um, so um, then I became a Christian, and these, a lot of this stuff was being challenged. And really, it was irking me. Mm-hmm. I ended up finding myself in conversations often with other believers. Cause, but it was not so much that they were bringing it up. I know I was bringing it up because mm-hmm. it bothered me so much. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I had to somehow reconcile this because if the Bible actually taught this, then I'm gonna have. I I did have a strong sense of um, confidence mm-hmm. that the Bible was God's word. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, then I I got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And um, but there, as I learned about it, there were some things that I I realized were erroneous beliefs that I had about submission that really were coming straight from the world. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I think the, it's, it's like the enemy, Satan lies to you and tells mm-hmm. you, well, you know that Christianity believes this, mm-hmm. you know, you know that it, it, it teaches that, um, women are less than mm-hmm. men because of that submission thing. And so I really, I was struggling with that because I thought that was actually what the Bible was teaching. But I, and I also thought erroneously that the Bible was telling women to submit to men in general like you're a man I'm a woman that means I need to do what you say and I was like yeah that's not happening (laughs) so (laughs) um, but as I got to understand more realized how wrong those views were were, Mm -hmm. the Bible doesn't say that it talks about wifely submission Mm talks about submitting a wife submitting to the man she marries mm-hmm. and she gets to pick him mm-hmm. she gets to decide who that's going to be mm-hmm. um, I also re- erroneously thought that again that this was teaching that women were inferior to men that is absolutely not what the Bible teaches and <clears throat> I also didn't realize that the principle of submission is actually alive and well and was alive and well in my life. Mm-hmm. Not wifely submission, because I wasn't married. Yeah. But there are other areas that all of us basically operate in submission. We submit to um, a parent, a, a child submit, learns submission in submitting to a parent. Uh, a student learns to submit in, teaching, in submitting to a teacher. Right. An employee to a boss. A citizen to the governing authorities or the policeman who pulls you over for speeding. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then even in a, in a congregation, you know, you learn a level of submission to um, a pastor or whoever, um, a priest, if you're in the Catholic faith. So there came a point 
where I've, I decided I needed to stop asking other Christians to clarify this for me because it wasn't helping and I wasn't getting the answers I needed. So finally, I just, I knew I could trust Jesus. And I remember one day, I remember where I was, I remember uh, talking to him and saying, Jesus, I know I can trust you. If you teach me about this submission thing, I will listen. And it's interesting, he got right on it. <laughs> he wasted no time. Wasted no time. He there, wasted huh? no time. Okay, girlfriend, I got gotcha. you. Um, uh, and I, I look back on that time now, and I'm going to talk about more of that. Uh, but um, in John 14, verses 25 and 26, this is so poignant um, for anything that we struggle with. Uh, this is what it says. It says, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And that was just a beautiful verse to remind me. I always have access Mm -hmm. to the Counselor, to the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. to teach me whatever it is that I need to know. That was wonderful, Mary. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm sure everyone is going to be looking forward to see how you unwrap that whole area how god just kind of uh led you in Mm -hmm. that regard um going back to the men uh, i just want to review again you know our role is really to lead and to love and that the way we treat our wives sends a strong message to the world about christ and his church and so basically uh, i'm just going to go into some practical things right now that deal with initiative and involvement initiative and involvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is just attentive listening, just to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. I know our pastor has always told us to to be a full time student of mm-hmm. your wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this is this involves asking thoughtful questions that cause her to give you more insight into how she's feeling and why. Um, uh, do not berate or belittle her her expressions or confessions or insights. Um, and it's also a, it's important to give undivided attention uh, in terms of being a listener. Um, I don't think your wife wants to compete with the TV or the phone <laughs> or the phone <laughs> <laughs> or the computer or anything yeah. else for that matter. Um, for us guys, the task of the moment, you know, our little project, the book we're reading, the TV program we're watching, you know, can easily overshadow the higher task of paying attention mm-hmm. to our wives. <laughs> There's so many distractions nowadays. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. The next one is just be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. Be lovingly thoughtful about expressing any opinions you may have about anything to do with what you just heard her say. Um, you know, she doesn't need me uh, to give her a lecture uh, <laughs> on how... She should have thought about it. Uh, she needs to hear that she's loved and cared for and that I'm in her corner, that I that I care. The third is to encourage her, um, mm. to shower her with encouragement and appreciation and praise for her, hef- e- for her efforts. Um, do not hold back, you know. Um, and, you know, these days of texting, it's always good to, you know, maybe during the middle of the day, send, her, send her an encouragement. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, her work in supporting you is, is laborious. It's not easy. 
And, uh, and, and we've got to remember, again, she's not a hired hand. <laughs> and then the fourth point is to be considerate of her needs. Just be considerate of her needs. Always seek to bless and satisfy her. Uh, let her response to you come from your seeking to bless her first. Mm -hmm. um, the fifth is be transparent about your inner life. Um, share your heart with her, your disappointments, your struggles, and your dreams. I know men often like to live in their own world in terms of their career and they don't want to bring you know all the, the difficulties of work and they don't want to so to speak burden mm -hmm. their wives with the struggles that they're going through and I think it's really important that your wife gets to really you know kind of peer behind all that and that she sees what you're dealing with because she's bearing that burden with you and, and she and can pray. Right? She can pray. Exactly. Yeah, right. Absolutely. She can, she can pray. Um, I know uh, Mary and I love to share uh, about what God is teaching us. Um, and this, this goes with another point of nourishing her spiritually. But I think there's mutual nourishment mm. by sharing with what God is really doing in our hearts and lives. What are we reading? What is God saying to us? Um, and this, this provides you know just another area where... We're refreshing each other mm -hmm. um, with the Word of God, with what God is telling us. And then uh, number seven, I think, is just be a godly example. Uh, mm -hmm. Be a godly example uh, to her in, in speech and in conduct. And, and this is really, this goes without saying, really. Uh, I think for husbands, we set the tone for our homes. We set the spiritual tone, you know. Uh, your passion for Christ is, is just going to flow over mm -hmm. into your wife, into your children, uh, into the home. It's, it's just going to be there. So if you're passionate for Jesus, you know, let, let it shine. Let it, let it out. This is what I'm reading. This is what mm -hmm. God's telling me. And, uh, and we take initiative in terms of prayer and, and things like that. So uh, that's, that's some of the practical things that we really uh, exemplify. This is how we exemplify loving and leading mm -hmm. our wives okay so like I said um, I finally went to the Lord himself and asked him to teach me and I said if you are the one who teaches me I will listen and um, as I said earlier he wasted no time within 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was at a church service and the sermon was on 1st Peter 3 mm -hmm verses 1 through 7. Now the first six verses of that uh, are addressing wives and it talks about all the things to do with wifely submission and um, and these are really some of the things that are I was finding difficulty with but uh, in the course of the sermon I got to get a better understanding mm -hmm. of um, the role for wives and um, and opening my eyes to God's vision for Christian womanhood really is what happened. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll read the verses just so you have a backdrop to know, understand what I was hearing. First um, Peter 3, 1 through 7. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, 
the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Um, that's verses 1 through 6. Um, and so anyway, this, this uh, whole sermon opened my eyes to just a broader picture yeah. of Christian womanhood and the role of a wife. Now, again, this is all theoretical because I was not a wife yet. But some of the things that I realized as, I, as the Lord began to teach me was the first thing was that it was wifely submission, a wife submitting to her husband. Just like I said, the erroneous thinking I had that somehow women had to submit to men. Well, that was the first thing. Okay, no, it's not women submitting to men. It's a wife to a husband. The second thing that I came to understand was that submission is actually not a sign of weakness. Um, if you look at other areas where people submit, if you, if you had an employee who follows instructions with a good attitude, would you think that that was a weak employee? That employee would actually be rewarded. Uh, Jesus submitted to his father, even and even unto death. Yeah. Was he weak? <laughs> because he <laughs> did that. Certainly not. The King of Glory. And and what yeah. about your children? Would you? Th what would you think of your child if he or she did what you told them to do with a good attitude, even though you knew they didn't want to do it? Mm -hmm. Would mm -hmm. you think that? Man, yeah, that's my weak child. Mm -hmm. Or if, the, if a child shared with another child, even though they didn't want to, mm. they submitted their own, they, they even submitted themselves to a friend, mm -hmm. a, putting their needs before their own. You would be proud of that child, I think. Absolutely, you would be. Yeah, you wouldn't think of that child as being weak. Um, I will give an example. One time I heard a Christian woman, woman who was explaining, she was claiming that submission was difficult for her. I thought, I get that. Um, but she said it was because she's a strong woman. She was too strong to submit. But on the contrary, all I could think was, oh, no, you're actually being weak. You're acting out of weakness when you struggle to submit to your husband. You cannot claim that as strength. And that's the thing. We, the world puts things upside down and, uh, as opposed to how the Bible says. Submission is actually a sign of strength, not weakness. It's an indication of a strong and fearless faith in God. Amen. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And Ephesians is telling us to submit to our husbands as unto the Lord. We don't. We're not submitting to our husbands because He knows it all. Right. Or because He's uh, He's just got everything figured out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are submitting because of the Lord. We submit because we are actually submitting to the Lord in doing that. Um, there is a, a verse, verse Peter, First Peter, three verses five and six. This is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to make themselves beautiful. I have an example for you. Uh, Twenty-one years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was. Um, our kids were young. Uh, we were just, you know, a little over ten years married. It was a difficult time, to say the least. And um, because of my young age, um, they basically threw the book at me, medically speaking. They said, um, you know, you're going to take the cancer out. 
um, and then you're going to have to take chemo and radiation, the whole shebang. And they recommended a lumpectomy. It was a localized situation, um, which was great, sounded great. Um, but as I, as fear began to take over, and I'm telling you, this was a fearful situation, as you can only imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to, in my fear, started to think, no, 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 maybe we should do a double mastectomy. Um, why only a lumpectomy? And I remember talking it over with Alan. I said, I think we should just do a double mastectomy. I want, I don't, I just don't want to ever have to deal with this again. Yeah. And you know, that's all very understandable. Um, but my husband said no. He, he looked at me incredulously, like, we've already been to the doctor. Mm-hmm. This is, the doctor's recommending a lumpectomy. Uh, you know, where are you going with this? And why, what happened? You know, we, we were in agreement on this. And then he went on to explain. He said, look, I'm a man of faith. I don't want to be running in fear, mm-hmm. doing more. Mm-hmm than even the doctors are recommending god could still heal you we can always do more surgery later if it's needed but i think we should go with the minimum which is what they're recommending and um and i remember thinking huh and instantaneously everything going through my head was it's your body you can do what you want with it but it, you know, I had all these things that it's like I knew what the world would say. Yeah. The world would say, "Who is he to tell you what to do medically?" What to do, right, right. Uh, this is your body. But I also knew, it, it's like I had these competing conversations going on in my head. <laughs> the other side was, I knew what the Bible said, not only about submission, but it also says that my body, when I'm a married woman, my body is no longer my own; it belongs to my husband. Mm-hmm. Just like it also says, his body is yeah. no longer his own but belongs to me right. there's that unity thing and so i knew that pulling a pulling a uh pulling the this is my body i'm going to make the decision myself card would not be in line with scripture so i thought well is this your final answer you know you know that tv was that game show your final answer right is this your final answer uh, basically, I said, is this a matter of submission? Are you going to, you know, are you willing, Alan, to hold the line on this one? Mm-hmm. And he said, absolutely. If that's what you want, if you want to think of it that way, then yes, it is. And, but in, what the funny thing was, that immediately mm-hmm. after he said that, after you said that, Alan, I had peace. Wow. I did yeah. not have peace before before no but i had peace and why because i knew that neither alan nor i knew Mm -hmm. medically speaking what was the right thing to do even the doctors really don't know medically speaking what's the best thing they could they could make a mistake we could make a mistake correct but i knew that god knew yeah yeah medically speaking what was going to be the best thing but i knew what my job was my job was to submit and you took your you did your job of of taking the lead Mm -hmm. and and i realized you know not a lot of husbands would do that oh no honey whatever you want i'll go along with you um and a lot of times that's because they don't want the hassle (laughs) so i salute you alan 
um, because uh, I think you know you were willing to take a stand, and um, uh, and I, I respected that that you were actually willing to do that. But I knew um, the next day. I remember you saying, you know what, uh, I'm going to take care of the kids. You need you. Why don't you go take your Bible, take your journal, go hang out at a coffee shop for a while, and you know get some time to meet with God, think about all this. This is you know, this was a tough season for us, you know, having cancer. Um, so I did. I went to a coffee shop, took my Bible, took my journal, and I knew what I had to read. I knew I had to read First Peter three. Because here was that submission thing again, the, the very first thing that God had to, was working on me in, but as a married woman, really working on it even more. And when I read it, there were, um, uh, there were some things that really jumped out for me uh, in 1 Peter 3. One was that submission really means that ultimately my hope is in God. Mm -hmm. So I, when I read, I read you the, this part before, but let me, tell, let me read you the thing that jumped off the page when I was studying it then. The, verse 5, This is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God mm -hmm. used to make themselves beautiful. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the thing. I realized my hope is not in that my husband knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> my hope is in God. That God knows what he's talking about when he tells me to do, to follow my husband's lead. And again, the, then the second thing that I realized was where it says in um, verse 6 at the end, hmm. you are her daughters, Sarah's daughters, if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. And that was the nail in the coffin for me on this one. I realized, hold on a second. A lack of submission is actually tipping my hat to fear mm. instead of being uh, brave and strong and trusting God, and and it, and it's really true. Well, that's that's really novel. Right? Yeah, it is, but it's really true. Yeah, yeah. Women, when we get control freakish right. and we want to take matters into our own hands, we don't do that. At a, it's not a place of strength. It's a place of fear. Look, this isn't going to work out right. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Oh. It's really a, a a sign of fear, and you can't call fear strength. So uh, those were the things that really marked me. And um, and again, you know, uh, I I tip my hat to you, Alan, for being willing. Well, I tip my hat to you. Well, for, there, there you go. You also yeah. being willing to... to to go to the Word of God. Yeah, well, that's know? true. Well, what what better place? I don't have a better place. But uh, this really taught me that submission offers me a place of freedom, mm. protection that God is providing through His design, and um, and that was that was really uh, pivotal for me. That's awesome. I remember that time. It was it was quite yeah. a quite a, a seeking time for you, and uh, I'm I'm thankful for. Well, that process that the Lord, yeah. the Lord took you through. Amen. Yeah. And I had the lesser surgery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. been 21 years. Praise God. Yeah. So, yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Still cancer-free. <laughs> and praise God for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then there was one other area where, or misconception that I had or uh, in my thinking about what submission was um, that, uh, that the Lord taught me about, and that is that in calling wives to submit to their husbands, that God was in an effect in effect saying that women were inferior to men mm. uh, yeah, that's a, a woman one. has to relinquish all of her rational or intelligent thought mm-hmm. any skills and god-given abilities <laughs> rendered useless <laughs> i mean these were some of the things that i erroneously thought uh submission wifely submission meant yeah. but in contrast with that let's look at the truth what is the truth Genesis 2.18 says, It is not good for man to be alone. Mm. I will make a helper suitable for him. Well, what are the implications for a wife in this passage? Well, one is your husband needs help, and you are the help that he needs. Specifically chosen help. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Specifically chosen, right? Actually, or maybe I should say specifically crafted. Ah. Yeah. Helper. Mm -hmm. You know, God specifically Mm -hmm. makes a Mm -hmm. woman who will be the specific help that the husband needs. And um and I've I've have found that to be so inspiring. Yeah, we talked about that I think in the first episode Mm -hmm. about um uh vocation and Mm -hmm. and um having a common uh calling. Yes. Yes. Um but there's no competition here. Like instead of competing with you for yeah. control mm-hmm. or headship or uh, spotlight or anything, I know my mission. My mission, my mission statement as a wife is to help you in any and every way that I can. And any giftings or abilities that I have are to be utilized to that end. And right. I think that's that renders the role. Mm-hmm of a wife mm-hmm. to be so important. Right. And it doesn't obscure your identity, right? No. no. That's another thing. You're not subsumed into this. You yeah. just, you know, you're just this... Amorphous... Amorphous attachment. Yes. Yes. Right? I'm an appendage. Appendage, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Or, or like I said in a previous episode, I'm not along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway, so those are some of the things that uh, the Lord taught me. He's still teaching me. Um, I mean, it's not, you're never done. Yes, you, yeah. you are. Never done. You are not, never. Not on this side of heaven anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, um, kind of in conclusion here, uh, we've been learning about the roles of the husband and wife. And basically, the husband is to lead and to love. Mm-hmm. And the wife is to? Submit as to the Lord and respect her husband. Right. Submit and respects, and, and you know that submission is is not to be a, a forced submission. Mm. Um, if the husband, you know, if you were a husband are, are in a position where you're having to force the issue, uh, you got to remember uh, the Bible doesn't tell you that you are the one to tell your wife that she must submit to right. you. No, it says you're supposed to love her mm-hmm. as Christ loved the church, and so it's very important that we stick to our lines. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and if we stick to our lines, then most probably, guess what? This machine is going to work, and those cogwheels, those gears, are going to fit exactly where they're supposed to go. And so um, it's been wonderful just sharing with mm-hmm. you. And uh, we look forward to, again, talking more about yeah. what 
uh, it means to live in this healthy kind of relationship uh, called marriage, uh, to have a healthy one that is built on the foundation of Scripture. Mm -hmm.